The Versecast is brought to you by Engine. Create your free community website at enjin.com. Virtual hangar of our minds. We are those guys with ships, and this is episode number 158 of the Versecast, our Star Citizen Gaming Community Podcast. Today is June 5th, 2947. Gentlemen, how we be? Delightful. Pretty good, all things considered. That's a radio show. All things it considered. Is. I love all things considered. That and, uh, Prairie Home Companion and Bless Their Souls Car Talk, but uh, you know, you make do. (laughs) They're dead. (laughs) Well, one of them is, unfortunately. Which one? Is it Bob or Ray? I can't remember. I I can't remember which one died. Mmm, it was one of them. Yes. And it happened a while ago, too. I just Uh, Tom listen all the time. Tom all the time. uh, Yeah. So, uh, uh, I found out he was dead. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. That's sad. Yeah, so Tom Maglazzoni was one who died. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Starting the show off on a positive note. I know, right? (laughs) Uh, The missus was going to uh, call into Car Talk one time because um, uh, back in my youthful days of exuberance and um, alcohol, uh, I, on an unfortunate evening, happened to, to deposit a large quantity of what should have remained inside of me inside the door of her brand new Passat. Oh, in, like between like the door and the, the inside and the outside of the door? Yes. Oh. Vomited down into the window crack? Oh. Yes. That's spectacular. And it was, it was a delightful um, uh, pork loin we had that evening, so whenever you rolled the window up, you had this wonderful pork sheen on the uh, on the Oh, glass. gross. Wow. Yeah. Wow, so. man. I am so glad I uh, I tuned in for this week's episode. Just perfect. Mm. Just, uh, mm. Death and vomit. <laughs> Welcome to Star yes. Citizen, guys. <laughs> All right. Well, um, you know what? We are gonna... Jimmy, we've got... Um, uh, you've got the helm, the con. The, the, the wow, con? I do. The helm. God help us all. The, um, <laughs> the, you know, the stick. You take the stick. Holy cow. Okay, wow. I didn't, I, all the pressure's on me. Um, all right, so, you know, in, in the wait for 3.0, um, I have uh, rediscovered and stumbled upon uh, a Star Wars Galaxies emulator uh, that I've been playing. Oh, I and, heard about uh, this. Yeah, so for the last two weeks, I've been very much uh, down the rabbit hole of Star Wars Galaxies. So I figured maybe this week we'd take a break. Um, I mean, I think, you know, everyone's pretty clear on how much of a fanboy I am of Star, of, uh, Star Citizen. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this week is uh, maybe a little bit of a detour, uh, a little bit of uh, talking about Star Wars Galaxies, talking about the emulator, um, talking about why I love that game um, so much and why... 15 years later, it's as addicting today as it was the day I started playing it. Um, one good analogy, and I'll, I'll get more into it, but Ace, like, with it's very similar to Dungeons & Dragons, and I think that's the reason why, because my wife was really surprised. She's like, I can't believe that you're playing the emulator. And I said, yeah, I am. And she's like, and then a week later, she's like, I can't believe you're really playing the emulator. And I'm like, yeah, I can't either. Um, so uh, Before you get any further, can I have a link, please? Uh, I'll have links in the show least, notes once everything's least. all set, all done. Okay, I'll just do some some quiet googling over here. Do some quiet googling. So let's talk first about Star Wars Galaxies before we get to the actual emulator. Mm-hmm. So Star Wars Galaxies uh, was created uh, as a joint venture between Lucas Arts and Sony Entertainment, and it was mm-hmm. released in June of two thousand three. 
the creative design uh, the creative design director behind Star Wars Galaxies was uh, Ralph Coaster. I don't know if you guys are familiar with him or not. Mm, no, I, but I was actually I was there at launch. I had I had an account, and um, uh, so I, I was there with you, man. Nice. Okay. Uh, so Ralph uh, Coaster's design concept was very um, at the time very cutting edge. Uh, the thing about Star Wars Galaxies was that it was going to be a true open world sandbox MMO that allowed you to really kind of live in that universe uh, and also be anything in that universe. Very ambitious, uh, and the game had a very rocky history uh, from the time that it started in 2003 to the time that the doors were shut in 2011. So the game itself, at launch, Star Wars Galaxies, took place between Episodes 4 and Episodes 5. And... Mm -hmm. There were a host of skill trees, 30-some-odd different skill trees, and I'll get into more detail about those when I talk about the emulator, but 30-some-odd different skill trees that allowed for you to pick various different skill sets to really kind of build and create your own character. The worlds are open worlds. Uh, there's no rails on them. You could go anywhere. You could do anything. So that was the thing that was so great about it. Again, please keep in mind, we are talking about a game that is 15 years old. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to preface that a few times as we talk about this because I think that people that are not familiar with the game will be very excited about it and if they go and actually try the game and go oh wow this looks like crap yeah it's a 15 year old game mm -hmm. okay yeah. so with that it said, looked really cool at the time though <laughs> exactly at the time it looked amazing um, yeah. character creation is full sliders uh, you know height weight um, appearance uh, uh, for the game itself for galaxies <clears throat> there were, I think, a half dozen different characters that you could be, um, predominantly uh, humanoid-based. They wanted to uh, keep the universe more humanoid than really kind of eccentric aliens. Um, mm -hmm. So you didn't see a lot of Ithorians, you didn't see uh, a lot of Nautilonians, you didn't see uh, huts, right? Mm -hmm. So the game was a blast at launch. It was very open world. There were some huge problems with the game play itself, though. Um, one of the big issues was that you couldn't do anything unless you were buffed by a doctor, which really kind of sucked because if there wasn't a doctor online or you couldn't find a doctor, you couldn't do anything in-game. Beyond that, um, the armor sets were flawed at best to the point where the heavy armor was the only armor that everybody wore if you wanted to be relevant in-game. So now you mean in combat, right? In combat, so, correct. Okay, yeah, because I Remember the I composite never... wars? Yeah, I never got involved in any of the combat stuff. I was just doing merchant stuff, and I, I don't, yeah, I don't. Uh, so, okay, cool. I just want to make yeah. it clear. And that was, and you bring up a good point. That was another great aspect of the game. You could be a dancer in a cantina. Yes, I remember that, yeah. You could be a, uh, you could be an image designer. You could be a merchant. You could be things that had nothing to do with combat. There was, um, there was a con once, uh, a Galaxy's Con, where one of the devs said, nobody wants to play this game to be a, mer to be, uh, a moisture vapor, a moisture farmer. And a bunch of people raised their hands and said, uh, um, <laughs> I want to be a moisture, a moisture farmer. Yes. So, yes. <laughs> yeah, so. I can't remember what game that was. I remember hearing about that. That Star Wars Galaxies. Was that Star Wars Galaxy where the, yes. that was said directly? Oh, wow. Yes, that was said directly. It was like, I'm playing this game to be a moisture farmer. And that was the thing that was so kind of great about the game and something that I've never really seen in any game since. Um, for all of its flaws, the game really was a grand experiment and was genuinely open world. This is the thing that I love so much about Star Citizen. And mm -hmm. this is the reason why I feel like Star Citizen is the evolution of Star Wars Galaxies. So, mm -hmm. with Star Citizen, it's turn-based, and it's skill-based. So you have to go up all of these various skill trees uh, to really acquire these skills, and then, you know, you, you hit a special, somebody else hits a special, or an NPC hits a special, and back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. You mm -hmm. can break somebody's line of specials by, you know, with a, a knockdown shot or a bleed shot, and then they've got to kind of reset. But that, at its core, is, is the game mechanic combat. So it was um, turn-based? Pretty much, yeah. It's pretty much turn-based. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you get, as you go up the skill trees, you get um, you get a host of different uh, skills, a plus or minus to, to whatever it is that you're, whatever profession you're working on. Um, and I'll get more into those in a little bit. So how close changed. are we, how close are we talking to like what eventually became Knights of the Old Republic in terms of turn-based combat? Nothing like uh, KOTOR. 
a completely different game, completely different game mechanic. KOTOR is a standalone game. This was an MMO. Totally different universes. Uh, this game, if you want to compare it to anything, would be similar to EverQuest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... And it's subscription-based at the time. At the time, it was subscription-based, yeah. And, and, it, think, and it was not cheap, either. It was... Um, oh, fourteen ninety-five a month, which at yeah. the time was expensive. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah and, it was top dollar. And again, you know, this was... You know, you had EverQuest before this. Then you had Star Wars Galaxies. And Star Wars Galaxies was it until WoW came along. And WoW really screwed with Star Wars Galaxies. So what happened was they were losing subscribers and rather than keeping with their design ethos of this open world be whatever you want truly live in the Star Wars universe they decided that they wanted to try and be like World of Warcraft well you know three years into a game your community is not going to be really happy when you release a thing called the CU the combat upgrade this changed the dynamic of the game and people were not happy about it Uh, the classic version of Star Wars Galaxies is called pre-CU then they released NPG the the was it the new player something or other Uh, and the NPG completely overhauled the game it dumbed down everything it removed all the various skill trees so that you could only be like a smuggler or a bounty hunter or you know and or a merchant and it, it basically took 20 some odd skill trees and boiled them down to four or five and then they completely changed the way the game played, and people were furious. And the game limped on uh, for a few more years, and then basically finally kind of fell apart in 2011. Well, let, let me ask you, um, because when I was playing it, I only played it for about a year. And, I mean, I was playing it, you know, you know, six hours a night. And uh, I, I was not a moisture farmer. I was an energy farmer. And um, I got insanely rich as an energy farmer and had nothing to spend my money on. <laughs> But um, I do remember when the first Jedi got unlocked, and I can't. Re- do you remember what it was that it took to do that? Because you had to, you had to like complete skill trees in like some crazy number of different areas. I think so. This was this was really controversial at the time. Um, Star Wars Galaxies launched without Jedi's, as in my opinion, it should have been. Um, mm-hmm. This was in between Episodes 4 and Episodes 5. And while we do know that there were other Jedis out there, Kanan from Rebels, for example, um, okay. there, there aren't in abundance. There aren't a lot of Jedis. And, and the few that are out there uh, are in hiding. And, and as far as we're concerned, between Episodes 4 and 5, or between even Episodes 3 and 4, when the Jedis were being hunted down, I would say that you know a blind guess would be anywhere between you know a dozen to a couple hundred Jedi left in the entire universe in hiding. So you can imagine the frustration when they decided to allow players to unlock Jedi. And But the process to unlocking Jedi was a nightmare. You, had, you got holocrons, you unlocked those holocrons, they gave you a hint to a profession you had to learn. You had to basically grind out that profession and learn it, and then you would have to find another holocron, and it would say, oh, well, try this, and it might not be that, or it might not be that. And you would have to go through and spend months online 24-7 grinding mm-hmm. out every profession to unlock Jedi. I didn't do it. I had no desire to be a Jedi. I was very happy being a smuggler. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the Jedis were also OP and that was something that people were not very happy about. There were a lot of flaws with Star Wars Galaxies. Um, you know, from its requirement to be buffed to uh, the imbalance in combat to uh, the you know Jedi's uh, in game, there were a lot of things that were just off about the game. But there were also a lot of things that were great about it. Um, you know, the mission system was basically a grind. It was rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. Mm-hmm. The whole point of the game was that once you got through that grind, you were able to really live in that universe. The game is the pluses to the game. It's a theory crafter's dream. This game. Um, mm-hmm. The minuses are there isn't a lot of development-produced content. It's player-based content. You can build cities. You can be an image designer. There's a host of player-driven content. But the thing is, when WoW came out, that wasn't what people were interested in. They weren't interested in creating a virtual universe and kind of living in it. They were interested in, you know, WoW. WoW was huge. They wanted a narrative. Right. Exactly. They wanted a narrative. And Galaxies doesn't really offer that. And when it did, it didn't offer it very well. So... Pros and cons, I think you get the big picture with Galaxies. 
it shut down in 2011, um, and basically, uh, right around uh, right around the time that the game shut down, uh, it was. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, it was shut down. Yeah, yeah, it was shut down in 2011. So there was a project that began called the Star Wars Galaxy Emulator, and the project began with two developers. And what they did was they reverse engineered the official game client. Writing the server, writing a server that communicates uh, with it the same way that the original SOE server did, but oh. but the servers aren't using any official SOE code. Oh, so okay. technically, that makes it legal. Wow! So they really reverse engineered it. <laughs> yeah, it took them how is, years. How, how close is this to Nox Ramos, the famous Wow? Uh, uh, build server that ran for a long uh, not excuse me not not sure I'm just, uh, which was the WoW like 1.0 uh, fan run server that ran had something like a hundred thousand users for a while. I would say it's very similar, um, but there's a lot of offshoots now. So the main Star Wars Galaxy emulator um, is also is also open source. Mm, so okay. basically, they said you know here it is here's our server which is basically kind of like um, very pure Star Wars galaxies, flaws and all. Like, they're such purists that they're like, well, that bug was in the game originally, so we're leaving it in, type of thing. Right? Ah, yeah. So, because it's open source, there have been a number of other people that have taken the code and basically hosted their own servers and, and, and taken the code to another level. They've basically written the code, rewritten the code or, or enhanced the code, fixing things they didn't like, um, changing around the way the professions were, were organized, um, adding more uh, playable races. This leads us to Star Wars Galaxies, the Star Wars Galaxies emu that I'm playing right now, which is Empire in Flames. Oh, okay. So, Still same time period, still between four and five? No. So there's a number of changes that uh, Empire and Flames uh, brought to Galaxies that I find very interesting, and as an old school player, um, I'm really enjoying. So a couple of things. If you were interested in playing the emulator, you would have to have the game discs. There's no Um, way around that. Yeah, this is what I'm finding when I'm looking up their information. You have to have an original disc. Right, you have to have an original disc. Now you can find them on eBay. You can find them on Amazon. Um, you know, and then a lot of our friends have them. Gleep, you you might have them buried somewhere. Somewhere, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you have to have those. So you install those. Then the next thing you do is you go over to the official Star Wars Emu site, the emulator site, the original site. You install that client. Then from there, you go over to whatever whatever other server you're going to be playing on. I, I find Empire and Flames to be um, a great server for a host of reasons. Oh, so. Okay. Let's get into uh, some of the professions. Ace, this is the thing I think that you'll really dig. So you have your core professions. These are professions that will utilize XP, but will not use... um, You don't need um, skill-specific XP. In other words, you just need combat experience to level these. And then if you want to specialize, then, for example, if you went pistols, then you would have a separate pistol XP that you would be getting as well as combat XP. Make sense? Okay. Yep. So like proficiencies uh, with a weapon and like you said like in Dungeons and Dragons. Correct. Um, the uh, it's ham, uh, it's health, action and mind. Um, all three are interplaying uh, interplay together depending on the types of skills that you choose. So the core professions, you can be a squad leader, you can be a smuggler, you can be a ranger, a merchant, an entertainer, a doctor, commando or a bounty hunter those hmm. are your those are your core that just require combat xp now for the rest of the professions this is where it really gets interesting now keep in mind you can master any one of the the professions i just mentioned plus based on 250 skill points another two professions and you can get two trees in two other professions each profession has a total of uh, four trees with four boxes in each tree with a top tree as master. You've got novice is the first tree or the first uh, box and then from there it branches off into four boxes at four high and then you get to master. Okay? Mm-hmm. So the professions that you can specialize in, uh, architect, you can build houses, you can build furniture. Uh, this lends itself to building cities. You are allowed to build player cities in the game. 
Armor Smith. Correct. And then you can sell, so you can sell those buildings, right? Correct. You can set okay. up vendors, sell those buildings. Um, merchant, one of the core professions, is basically designed to allow for you to place merchants. Uh, you can change the way they look, change the, the um, what they say. You can customize them in all sorts of different ways. Place okay. them in a house, place them in a building, and then you've got a shop, right? Right. So architect would be your special specialty in building um, furniture, building uh, cities or houses and whatnot. Armorsmith, self-explanatory. Mm-hmm. Um, artisan is kind of a, a jack of all trades. Builds a little bit of this, crafts a little bit of that. Everything in game is craftable. Okay. Okay. Uh, bioengineer, pretty self-explanatory. You're able to sample different creatures and different bits and put them together to make animals. Um, carbineer is someone that specializes in carbine weapons. Uh, chef creates food buffs and uh, and uh, alcohol or, or drink buffs. Mm-hmm. Creature, creature handler will allow for you to uh, tame, train, and raise creatures that you can sell to different people. Mm-hmm. Uh, dancer. Uh, dancers basically heal uh, action and mind. Droid engineers. You can build droids from the ground up. Uh, those droids serve different functions. Some are combat droids. Some are barker droids. Some are entertainment droids. Uh, Wait, fencer. barker droids? Like, like as in selling droids? Yes. Interesting. Hooray, mm-hmm. hooray, hooray. Exactly. Uh, fencer, single-handed uh, sword. Uh, you've got uh, image designer, so people can change their look. Uh, medic, musician, pikeman, pistolier, politician. These are the folks. The politician's tree allows for you to run a city. Rifleman, surveyor, so that you can sur- sample you know, and get all the metals and ores and waters that you need to build things. Uh, swordsman, tailor, terrace combat, hand-to-hand, and weaponsmith. Ooh, now, which one did you... Now, was I a surveyor? Because I did ener- energy farming. I did wind farming, and then there was... I forget which... Um, wind farming and solar farming. And then I would, I would like, charge up these huge batteries and then uh, run them into a vendor, which uh, then I would then drop them into. Uh, was, was that... I'm trying to remember back to what I did. If I was the... Um, the one that had to sample the soils because I had to, I know I had to run all over the place trying to find places that would accept my my farmers my um, collectors right so keep in mind that that this iteration Empire and Flames is a is a reshuffling of the oh, skill okay. trees okay. Okay. so bounty hunter wasn't a um, initial skill tree neither was Jedi but what they did was and this was one of the number of reasons why I like the game so much. One of the things that they did was they they looked at the game and they said, okay, what were the things that we loved about the game? What were the things that we hated about the game? Ah, yeah. So another thing thing that they did in the game that I really enjoyed was the fact that um, they flipped it. In Star Wars Galaxies, your health kind of sucked and you had to have doctor buffs. They flipped it to where now your ham, your, your health action and mind, are pretty much good standalone. If you want to get buffs, either... You know, um, dancer entertainment buffs or medical buffs, you can, and it will obviously make life a little bit easier, but they're not required to play. Oh, okay. Which is huge. I think that's, you know, that was a huge change. Um, the skill trees were also another change that they had made. Another change they made, which I thought was fantastic, was they decided to unlock all of the NPC player races. Oh, okay. So, what you end up getting is really kind of a host of different um, different playable races in the game that you never would have thought you could uh, you could actually do, right? So, for example, you can have an Abyssian. That's the one with the, the Cyclops creature. Right, right. You could have an Aqualesh, the uh, Spider-Faced dude. You, oh, cool. Uh-huh. You can have uh, Aracona, you can have a Bith, a Bothan... Uh, you can have a Chiss, which is really cool. That wasn't available previously. Uh, a Gotol, a Gran, a Gungan, if anybody actually wants to play a Gungan. Boo! Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and the list goes on and on. I mean, it's crazy. You know, Mon Cal, Nautilanian, uh, Night Sister, uh, Nito, a Quran, a Rodan, a Rodian. Uh, the, the list is huge now. And now, where did they where did they get the, uh, the 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 character art for all this? Is this all off the original discs, or did they add some more stuff? It's all off the original discs, so the pros and cons of that is, so for example, the the players that, the, or the characters, the, MP, the playable 
characters that are not that were not in launch are right. limited in what you can do customizing wise. Okay. Whereas a human, which was in the original game, you can completely customize with sliders, top down, bottom left and right, and really make the character look like you. Um, the Nautilonian, for example, you cannot. Now, oh, they've, okay. they've talked about that they're going to be working on that over time, um, but those things take time. The game is an active development for these folks. This is a hobby for them, so they're continually right, developing right. the game. Uh, my favorite is Hut. Let that sink oh, in for a minute. Oh, 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 oh. I know that laugh. You can <laughs> actually play a hut. I want a hut. I want a hut moisture farmer. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, I have I have a Nautilonian smuggler um, who is basically the money maker, and I have a hut, and the hut is a master dancer. Uh, he's working on master musician. Uh, he's close to master merchant. And I'm going to learn the tattoo skill tree in image design, and I'm going to learn the master mixologist tree in uh, the uh, uh, chef tree, chef line. And uh, we just started a city out in Rory near a smuggler POI, and I uh, just acquired a cantina that I'll be dropping next week. And uh, my uh, hut, Otho, will be running that bar. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> yeah. Very so. nice. God, that is so. Now, there's no issues with um, uh, uh, Disney, uh, like saying, "Hey, this is this is trademark stuff," or Sony saying, "Because didn't did it change hand from Sony to somebody else at some point?" No, uh, Star Wars Galaxies has always been a Sony property. Uh, okay. I, I don't pretend to know the legalities of it, but I can tell you that the emulator is not new. It's been around for five, six, seven years, eight years. Okay, um, it, it's it. When I, I had given it a try probably about two, three years ago, and it was still in the core emulator, the official emulator was still in development, and they would reset the server and you would lose all of your progress. Now, the game is a grind. Mm-hmm. It really is a grind. I like, you, you get through the grind so that you can you know live in the universe, but you have to mm-hmm. get through that grind. And for me, it was like, well, I, why am I bothering doing this if they're just going to reset it? Like, I don't like grinding out skill trees anyway like I love the idea of theory crafting and then getting to that place but I don't like the I don't like the process of doing it it's tedious and it's boring and I hate that even in WoW it doesn't matter if there's you know um, a through line a storyline or not I still hate that again the thing I love about Star Citizen that's not a thing right you just go in and play so but like I said it is a a theory crafter's dream because you can for example, as I mentioned, I have a hut that is going to be running a bar, and all of his skill sets are geared towards running a bar. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, so you can do that. Or my other character is a smuggler uh, who is a master master pistolier, uh, mm-hmm. master uh, Tereskazi hand to hand combat. Mm-hmm. And then I haven't figured out what my other two trees are going to be yet. Um, but he's kind of a badass, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and everything is craftable. You know, and the crafting, you know, if you get bad minerals or bad ores, you're crafting bad product. If you go out and hunt down the greatest resources in the game on the server, you're going to build the greatest weapons. You're going to build the greatest armor. One of the things that people loved about the game in its original content was that challenge, the ability to go out find the best resources, make the best weapon. And that was a bragging right on a server, you know, so-and-so, you know, so-and-so out on, uh, out in Tatooine has got like the best weapons on the server. If you want a good weapon, that's the guy you go see, or that's the girl you go see. Um, yeah. And so that's one of the things that makes the game interesting. It's not really a game, you know, it's really more of a virtual, uh, universe and it's a lifestyle. It really, yeah, in a weird kind of way it is. And and I think, you know, you can kind of see the similarities between that and Dungeons & Dragons. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it depends upon the campaign you're running. Um, because, uh, at least for me, the, the, the adage I have tried to follow as much as possible is make sure your players feel like they're being heroic. But there are moments in D&D where you have... The, the sort of relaxing stuff where the downtime for your party uh, and that is very much like uh, so, you know especially, especially later in level um, much later in levels uh, uh, one of the rules I talk about is getting your party a keep or a house or like establishing a base right. of operations 
and that and that is something you is, that that the books have rules and and stuff for like this is how much it costs to have staff and here's the rules for where you want to place it and uh, and mm-hmm. all of that stuff is it can be a quest in and of its own and then you're like this is what you're doing you are now instead of slaughtering goblins you're you know holding uh, interviews to figure out who you want to be in your your retinue. Um, right. And I right. think I think there is a part of that that is that speaks to sort of that. Well, we're not always slaughtering creatures. We sometimes like to live too. Yeah, it's latitude. And, yeah, and keep in mind that you know the combat system is fun. It's it's rigid in that it's turn based. Um, you know, but there is some theory behind it. You know, I'm I'm going to you know hit someone with a low blow and knock them down, and then I'm going to hit them with a bleed before I start dropping heavy DPS on them. You know, who's going to counter that before I have a chance to get that shot off? You know, so there is some strategy, and it's like any other, you know, turn-based type of system, but it is turn-based. You know, the other thing, too, is this particular version, Empire and Flames, uh, they moved the timeline, which I thought was fantastic. So the timeline on this is between uh, episode six and episode seven. It's oh. it, it takes place right after the Battle of Endor, right after the fall of the Empire. Nice. Yeah. And, they, now, now, and they and they were working on this before episode seven came out. Well, yeah. Well, no. This particular emulator, uh, Empire and Flames, went live about a month and a half ago. It's been oh, in development. Okay, 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 okay. Been in development for about a year or so, I believe. Um, the reason I found out about it was because all of my old smuggler friends from the Star Wars Galaxies days said, "This is the server. This is the one. This is everyone should come and check this out." And so I was like, "All right, yeah, I'll go check it out." And sure enough, I was like, "Oh, this is worth it. You know, this is fun. Yeah, the 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 expanded races, the the changes to combat, the changes to armor. One of the things that they changed about armor was um, now you know the stats are all relatively the same based on how well they're crafted." But there is no medium, light, and heavy armor. So armors, 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 armors. So you don't have everyone running around in the same armor. Now everyone is able to mix and match depending on, on their own personal taste. Do you get more battlefield variety? Correct. Correct. Now, correct me if I'm uh, wrong. Wasn't there an option to be a shipwright as well? You could yes. build and sell ships. So in the course of Star Wars Galaxies, there were expansions. One of them was Jump to Lightspeed, a space expansion. Right now in game and in original Galaxies, you could only get around via shuttle. Mm-hmm. So they are working on a jump to light speed, but they're also working on their more recent patches that they're working on. The first one is going to be the Galactic Civil War. When Star Wars Galaxies came out, uh, there was a lot of Galactic Civil War content. You could go to Galactic, uh, you could go to faction NPCs, get missions, flag yourself for PvP. As you got higher in rank, you were able to have NPCs tag along with you, uh, ATSTs for the Empire, which people freaked out when they got those. They were great. <laughs> you could literally, if you're a general, if, you're, if your faction gets you to general, you can literally run around with a small squadron of NPCs. Yeah. So Galactic, the Galactic Civil War in the original galaxies was a blast. It was a lot of fun. That is not in game yet. Yeah, I'm sure you can appreciate. You know, it's a lot to even get the game to where it was, which is functioning with cities, all professions working correctly. Yeah. Um, you know, getting it there is is I would imagine a monumental task in and of itself. So, the next release is going to be um, the Galactic Civil War, and when you go to the NPCs now, they're no longer rebels; they're now New Republic, and the Empire is still the Empire, but it's in disarray. So they're going to do that. Then the next thing they're going to do is, unfortunately, Jedi. But they've said that Jedi will be um, will not be OP. It'll be balanced with everything else. So, you know, a lot of people on the server aren't really big fans of Jedi, so I don't suspect that it'll be a Globat fest. Mm. So we may see one or two, but there won't be very many. Was that a common uh, phrase, a Globat fest? Yeah, yeah, it was That's a Globat. That's fantastic. They, they were, were Globats back in, back in the Star Wars Galaxy's day. <laughs> Well, that's I mean, uh, and well, but I'm just wondering, can you can you opt on your server to have only um, Jedi NPCs? Well, no, the server is the server, so it's only there's only one server. So, an Empire okay. and Flames built their server, um, and they named it Starsider, which was one of the original servers. So, you got a lot of people that played on Starsider. I played on Argent Dawn, 
you have a lot of people that played on Star Cider that are coming to this particular emulator, and then my whole cadre of friends, all of our smuggler friends, are on there as well. Um, I can't. I don't know how many people are actively playing on the server. Probably maybe you know anywhere between one to two hundred people. But mm-hmm. I can I can say that like it's active. I f- I find players everywhere I go. <coughs> Excuse me. So well, that's 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 very cool. And but you know the thing that really is striking me is the diversity. And I think that this is what you know kind of you know begs a, a connection to Star Citizen, in that you know. Be what you want to be right. in the universe instead of, you know, you can be anything you want to be as long as it's one of these five things. Right. That's the thing that drew me to Star Citizen. You know, at the end of the day, the, the games that I enjoy the most are the ones, that, and the reason why I like MMOs and the reason why I like sandboxes is I like that virtual aspect of gameplay. I like that there's no beginning, middle, and end. I, I like that I could just go in and live in that universe. And my enthusiasm for Star Citizen springs directly from Star Wars Galaxies. The reason why I didn't get into... um, I didn't really enjoy EVE, the reason why um, I'm not really that into Elite Dangerous is because Star Citizen seems to be offering everything that Galaxies had offered without the grind and kind of, you know, the next level, like the 2017 Grand Experiment. You know, right. Galaxies was a grand experiment. It had its ups and its downs. Um, when they changed the game entirely to fit a business model, they destroyed it. The original version of the game with these kind of refreshes and these retouches kind of brings me back. It's a nostalgic trip, but it's still fun. You know, mm-hmm. I still I have spent the last two weeks in game a lot, you know, um, more than I even thought that I would. And I'm excited about, like, for me, it's theory crafting up a business, right? My goal, my end game goal is to create a really cool cantina that is very, you know, has a very role play vibe. There'll be um, vendors in there that are geared towards smuggling. There'll be, you know, I've already got a few people that, um, that are entertainers that are really excited about coming and performing at that bar. And mm-hmm. so the goal is to balance you know what I'm paying for it versus the income that's coming in and basically get it to a point where it's self-sustaining and I can log in once or twice a week and, and check on things and then go back to my you know whatever else I'm doing uh, right. which, which will be Star Citizen when 3.0 comes out so this for me is a great in between between while I'm waiting for 3.0 and it gives me that open world experience that I'm just desperate for I, honestly like I, I, I've never found that in any other game that much open world uh, expansiveness, that much theory crafting, the ability to really customize a character both physically and skill wise to, to just about anything that's out there. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's it's a ima- it, it it fires your imagination. It really does. It really does. Um, you know, and and again, the game is fifteen years old. People, it's fifteen <laughs> years old. It's blocky. Um, the graphics are, are not bad, but they're 15 years old. Um, yeah. There's some rubber banding issues, but um, the Empire and Flames team actually just got a new server that they're going to put online in the next week or two, which should resolve some of that. Um, but you, even still, you know, it's like the graphics might not be the greatest, but you really do feel like you're in the universe. You really do feel like you're in the Moss Eisley Cantina. You, when, you know, the city that we're in the middle of constructing is in the middle of nowhere, and it really does feel like kind of a swampy outpost. You know? uh-huh. So, you know, you, you, there is a level of, you know, suspension of disbelief in the graphical quality of the game, but it's there and it's fun, and I'm having a blast. Yeah, well, that kind of stuff slips away. You know, right. I mean, it, it, when you when you first you know log in, especially if you've been playing something else, you go ah oh, okay. But then once you start interacting with uh, with other players, and uh, um, especially like if you're doing any kind of uh, RP stuff, I mean that that all just goes away. Yeah, I mean, it, you, you, it becomes you know the same way that you can get immersed in a tabletop game where um, you know you're you're dealing with you know hand drawn maps and, uh, and right. little figurines you know that don't move <laughs> in a weird kind of way if if you treat and i think really if you kind of go back to the the birth of mmos they are in essence tabletop games uh, oh yeah and yeah, yeah. and that's probably a good way to look at galaxies galaxies is basically a digital tabletop game mhm but you know it was it, but i remember being struck by how much 
big, wide open space, how you could just go for yeah. hours and hours and hours and never see another person. And you were on a server with hundreds of people. And um, um, I remember when when they first, when they unlocked being able to manufacture land speeders and how that just radically changed everything. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, I, I made a fortune building land speeders. Oh yeah, um, yeah. The vehicle vehicles are are critical in the game because the game is so expansive because the maps are huge. You can mm-hmm. go out and get you can literally get lost lost in the the sand dunes of Tatooine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and if you don't find shelter quick enough, and a sand, and a sandstorm that causes damage happens to pop up, you will die. <laughs> Yes, I do remember that too. Yep, they have day and night cycles as well. I a lot. Yeah, day and night cycles, uh, weather cycles. Um, it's really, it, I really feel for its time, it was a groundbreaking game. Um, and again, as I mentioned earlier, this is my attraction to Star Citizen. I feel like Star Citizen is a groundbreaking game for a lot of the same reasons that Galaxies was. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. I remember like trying to trying to play it, and this was back before everybody had broadband. I mean, if you you were you were a cool kid if you had DSL, um, and uh, I remember you know trying to log in and uh, get a connection that was fast enough that um, uh, that you could actually play that that high graphic quality game. You know, it took ah, me, it took me. So when I got the game. Um, I was jazzed, right? I I I just gotten a computer or a new a new computer, and my friend was like, "Oh, you got to check this game out." And he sent me, gave me the book. He bought the, the collector's edition of yes, the, like the Brady Guide or whatever right, right, right. it was. I'm like, yeah, this is the yeah, yeah. Thing ever, I wasn't there for launch. Um, I actually started playing about a month after launch. And so, what was funny was I got the game, I got the discs, I was super jazzed. I installed the discs. I was like, "Okay, great!" And I went to go play, and this was my first MMO. So I, you know, dial up the ding, 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 rah, 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 dials up, and I'm like, "Okay, great, I'm gonna play." No, you have to patch. Okay, I'll I'll let this thing patch. Twenty eight hours later, <laughs> I'm, I'm not prepared you for the Star Citizen patchathon. Hours yeah. later, yes, I was like, "Okay, great! Now I can play the game." I click on I click on the character creator, and a sign pops up: "Your graphics card doesn't support this game." Oh, oh no! no. <laughs> I was like, "I am going to kill somebody!" Immediately no. got in my car, immediately went down and bought like scraped together all the money I could just to get the the base recommended graphics card so I could run the game. Oh yeah, ah. Memories. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. yeah, good times, good times. That so. was, I mean, that was, um, that was like the um, uh, the first. I think that was my first MMO. To was what? Because what? No, Planet Side came out first, didn't it? Or well, Planet Side came out after that. Yeah, I think it came out after that. Um, like yeah. the EverQuest series were the were the kind of the really big ones, and there were a couple of others out there. Um, uh, that I'm not overly familiar with because I didn't really get into MMOs until Galaxies. Yeah, and I, I kind of went from Galaxies to Planet Side, and then I don't know, did something else for a while. But yeah. it's just never quite like I remember when Knights of the Old Republic Online came out, and I was so excited about it, uh, and because I played WoW for a while, and I liked WoW, but it just didn't feel like Galaxies. It wasn't expansive, you know what I mean? It, you were on rails, you know, mm-hmm. um, and that was very frustrating. So when Old Republic came out, I was like, oh, this is a great new Star Wars game, and I just assumed it would be like Galaxies, and it was like World of Warcraft, and I was right. so let down by that. I was just like, I, I played through Old Republic, I, you know, I leveled the Smuggler, I went through the story arc, I leveled the Jedi, I went through the story arc, um, but I just, like, it was such a letdown for me. Um, you know, it really was, and I don't. I don't think that until, um, and there may be some uh, Asian open world sandbox MMOs that I'm not familiar with. But as far as mainstream games go, um, I haven't seen anything like Galaxies since Galaxies until Star Citizen came along. Yeah, because it wasn't. I mean, it seems like most most of the MMOs I played since then, and I did some of the Korean MMOs. It was all, you know, anything you want as long as it's one of these five things. Right, right. And, you know, you can't really go anywhere. You're going to hit, you know, a border somewhere that's going to basically drive you back onto, you know, whatever the path on the road is. Right. I mean, it's you can you can unlock a new area, but basically you're just doing that so you can go in and, and uh, do do the quest chains in right. there. One of the reasons why the maps in, on the planets for galaxies is so big is because of player cities. They had anticipated 
players dropping cities. So they had to have these huge maps so that they could be populated and not have a city right next to one another. Yeah. Well, and, and I'm guessing back in the day and probably a, a bit now that you're you're that it's enjoyable just to go in and hang out in the game. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, you know, the, there's a, a clique of us, the, our old, my old smuggler friends, uh, that are actively working on building this city right now. You know, there's, you know, there's, there's rails. You have to have, or you know, guidelines. You have to have ten people. Or you have to have five people minimum for the city to stick. But all you have really is a city hall and houses. You know, and right. if you're in the middle of nowhere, you need a shuttle bay. You know, and if you want to drop, um, you know, any other civic buildings, then you need to have ten players. If you need, want to drop a shuttle, you need to have 20. And then the cities rank from there, and they grow from outpost to uh, science outpost to metropolis to city. And, you know, it's all the, the, the fun and trappings that come with trying to run something that large. Yeah, God, man, I wish I had a dollar for every shuttle I missed. You know, like, you know you go, the next next shuttle in five minutes, you go, oh, I got time to go over here. And then I always miss the shuttle. God, God. Yep. Get back. Next yep. shuttle in 15 minutes. No. <laughs> oh, good times, good times. Did you ever did you ever play the Galaxies at all there, uh, Mr. Azamine? I was, I was not around for it. The first MMO I ever got into was WoW. Oh, okay. It belies well. my age. <laughs> yes, it kind of gives us a good indication of how old you are, too. It's true. It's very true. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that's my jam right now. Um, I, uh, you know, it, it's basically this is my time killer to 3.0. Uh, I am ecstatic about 3.0, but the thing is, and we all know this, there haven't been a lot of updates to Star Citizen. And if you know how to fly, you know how to fly. If you know how to shoot, you know how to shoot. Um so I, I have been taking a little bit of a break from Star Citizen and just kind of keeping an eye on um, development cycle, keeping an eye on the shows, just waiting for, you know, an announcement for 3.0, you know, when it's going to drop. And and basically this is, like I said, this is my in-between until 3.0. I feel like that's yeah, the case I, for a lot makes, of us. Yes. Yeah. Makes sense. I mean, it's, um, you know, and the 3.0 is as of... Uh, as of this recording, is still on schedule for um, uh, for the was it for the thirteenth, the thirteenth of uh, July for right. live, and then uh, uh, a couple weeks prior to that for uh, subscribers and and, um, and uh, PTU folks. So um, you know, yeah, uh, and it's good to have stuff to do in the meantime. Um, I was playing. I haven't had a whole lot of time to play at all, but I was playing a little bit of um, on uh, launch day. Well, on launch day, I spent uh, the evening uh, speaking to my new friends at uh, Ubisoft Tech Support. Uh, but uh, the next day was able to go out and have fun with the Star Trek Bridge Simulator, which was or Bridge Crew which Simulator, which is, is all just a just a hoot. Let me tell you, it's a hoot. The, uh, um, the, the missus has played. I haven't had a chance to yet, and she says it's absolutely fantastic. She's like, you have to try it. And I'm like, okay, totally down. Uh, well, because she's doing it VR on the PlayStation, right? Right, right. So I hear her. I, it's funny, because I'm in here you know, leveling my smuggler to make credits to pay o- Otho, the hut, my my uh, hut, money mm-hmm. so that he has enough cash to get his bar going. And I hear things in the other room like, uh, shields at full, Captain. Yes, 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 in- yes. In- engaging, engaging warp drive, Captain. Yes, yes. And, um, and, uh, it's. I don't know if you've tried it at all, but uh, there's. Uh, it's very, very low motion sickness yeah. score. Yeah, yeah, that's what she was saying too. She's like, she's like, you'll totally be able to handle it. So I'm like, all right, absolutely. Cool. absolutely. So I'm hoping to jump into it this weekend and get a little, a uh, little, little virtual reality going. Yeah, I, I think you'll like it. It's nice. it's it's so much fun. I mean, it's and it's you know get all your all your Star Trek jokes ready because there's plenty of opportunity. <laughs> totally. Plenty of opportunity. They oh, it's have like a ship on screen, Captain. A vessel yeah. of some kind. <laughs> exactly. 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 And but, you can play. You can play it in the old school um, on the old school ship. Oh, really? I didn't know. Yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. With the you know the old school you know. Uh, uh, you know, candy corn buttons. You know, I mean, amazing. Just, Again, with oh, my uh, my age, uh, my very age specific. Do they have a Voyager version? Because that was the oh, I loved that Voyager. I watched. Voyager was Voyager. such a good show, and that my season finale was still. amazing. The season finale is amazing, absolutely amazing. Of that show, I was I, I was like Wah! at the end of that show. They did a really good job with that. I'm sorry. What you what did you do? Wah! There's that's a, what I thought a, you said. There's a moment <laughs> at the end of Voyager where it's just like, okay, that's cool. Yeah, this season. Yeah, I, 
we're we're on the seventh season now. We started watching the show when we first got married. Uh, oh nice! And we've been oh, making nice. our way through every season basically. We're on the last season right now, working our way towards the end. Voyager cool. was a Voyager was a good show. I really did enjoy it. Um, but yeah, so with. 3.0 coming out uh, in you know July 13th. What I'm hoping is that, as far as Star Wars Galaxies goes, I'll have my cantina up and running and self-sufficient. And this, if they stick to the 13th release date, that's right around the time that Quantum Drive is coming back. Uh, so I can basically shift gears back into Star Citizen, and uh, all of Quantum Drive will be based on my experiences in 3.0. Serendipity. Yeah, yeah, it'll be really cool. I'm, I'm very excited about um, exploring 3.0 and and building stories in my head based on the situations that I'm in in game uh, for this coming season of the show. Absolutely, absolutely. All right. Well, um, I mentioned I've been playing a little bit of Bridge Crew, very little bit. But um, Ace, you were making a mention, I think, in text the other day, that there's been a fair number of folks playing Smite, including yourself. Yes, it is somewhere in the world. It is Smite O'Clock. As a matter of fact, it is Smite O'Clock as we speak at eight ten in twenty nine forty seven. There are actually uh, four people in the channel at the moment playing Hardpoint, Easy, Fabled, and Yellow Stag, and I've been down there with Iron Man and Fabled and Hardpoint playing it. Um, as someone who does not play MOBAs at all, mm-hmm. like ever, mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. has been surprisingly fun. I've actually been huh. really enjoying this. Uh, and it's nice they- to hear some old old voices, because I haven't heard from, much from Fabled or Hardpoint or Iron Man, and to have us all playing together on a channel felt like old times. Um, now, did you ever play the, um, uh, the MOBA aspect of Guild Wars 2? Um, you know, now that you mention it, Smite does, I think that's part of the why I got used to it so quickly, is Smite does play a little bit like Guild Wars does. Uh, Guild Wars, I feel like, is a, a, a mix between MOBA and, um, uh, RP, you know, traditional MMO, with a little bit leaning heavier towards MMO, but now that you mention it, yeah, it, it plays very similar in sort of style and, and play. Um, well, but they did have that... A- that arena component that you could play in Guild Wars 2, or, you know, yes. you're playing like in... Yeah. I mean, the, the classes are a little bit less defined in Guild Wars in the sense that it was based around the armor that you carried and the skills that you created, whereas in Smite, each god, hero, uh, has mm-hmm. a specific class, role, and ability, and there's nothing you can do to really change that. There are items that you can buy in, in, uh, during matches in, in the traditional sort of MOBA style, um... But if your character, you know, is the assassin class, then that is what they do. There's no way to take a healer uh, and make them a tank in the way that you could in Guild Wars. I had I had some friends who had two loadouts, one for healer, one for tank, and they shared some skills, but they were fundamentally the same person. So yeah. Overwatch Online, that's not a thing that's um, that appeals to you. Um, here's the thing about Overwatch. Uh. I like first-person shooters, um, love them, um, but I'm not big on arena first-person shooters. Uh, I never have been. Um, so Team Fortress 2, uh, CSGO, generally I like my shooters with a little bit of story. Um, okay. And and I, I wish, oh man, do I wish that Overwatch had a single-player campaign. I will admit that when the game came out or when it was in development... I was all over that game's marketing. I love their universe and, and their world and the characters. It's all fantastic. Heroes. What about Heroes of the Storm? Um, I've played a little bit of it, but it never grabbed my attention. In the same way that, that Dota or League of Legends just never sort of grabbed my attention. I can um, do it. Uh, but for whatever reason, Smite, I think, I think, I think, Gleep, I think you hit it on the head in that it has a similarity to Guild Wars that I did not pick up on to, until you mentioned it. In terms of the way yeah. it plays and handles, I know some. When I was playing Guild Wars two, because I was I was at that launch as well. I'm at launch of a lot of things, but I don't play them very long. Um, and uh, some of the friends that I played with then, you know, sort of ended up going off into that MOBA aspect of it. And I forget what it was called, but there was the MMO world that you could go play in, and then you could take your character into this battle arena thing. And you're talking about the that. mists. Yes, 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 that's right. The mists. Yes, the, the 
quasi-undead realm where players, where characters died and came back, uh, and you traveled there to do to do battles. Well, as as to the astral plane dungeons that you could do that were. <laughs> you said astral. I did. Um, but yeah, Double no, down, we've we've been uh, we've been enjoying a lot of it. We've we've actually had enough people in the channel at one point that we had to have two separate sub channels because we had oh two teams God. running. Oh uh, so we had some real interest in it so far. It's been, it you know, it's it makes for a good sort of throwaway fun group game, and mm-hmm. that uh, unlike uh, Star Citizen or Guild Wars or anything, you know, where you're like, all right, I'm gonna play this for the next four hours. I'm just going to sit down and that's what I'm going to be doing. Like, I can sit down for a game of Smite for like 15 minutes and be like, alright guys, thanks, it was fun. I'll hop off, go do some yeah. else for a bit. Yeah, um, yeah. I think I think that's one of the attract or one of the attractive bits of the Overwatch, too. Yeah, which, the, the oh, ability to pick it up and put it down. Also, um, it was interesting because we just, on the last show, we had, um, uh, John was on, who is uh, the Overwatch master. I know, he's like, he's like ranked and stuff. I mean, it, well, like, Hardpoint and Fabled are smite gods. I mean, not to mm. put too fine a point on it, but they are real good. I mean, I, I get the sense that part of the reason I enjoy the game so much is not because I'm any good at it, but because we keep winning because they're on our teams. <laughs> that makes it that much more enjoyable. You, you pick your team well. Yes. But the uh, uh, reason I bring it up is that um, John has been uh, uh, just recently picked up uh, uh, player ground or player unknown battlegrounds. Yeah, PUBG. And um, uh, he said somehow he's not really sure, but somehow he ended up with thirty hours in game in the last week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, it's the same sort of the same idea that you were saying is that you know it's like hey I've got twenty minutes you know to. I can just jump in, play a game, and then I can go off and do something else. So, yeah. yeah, which I think so. Val- nice there's a value to that kind of game. Well, and I, again, I think part of I think the the biggest draw for me is the people. Off in any case, is just having the people to do with do a thing with them as a group. Um, I don't know mm-hmm. if that I would if if and when sm- the smite uh, uh, bubble pops whenever that happens because you know. You you know we have we have gone through waves with uh, TGWS you know at one point we're playing everybody's playing this game and then that lasts for a month or two and then everybody's Arma, playing this game Ark yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. Ark mm-hmm. that one that involved mm-hmm. hanging people and like oh, caging yeah. them <laughs> yep, yep that yep. very strange medieval game yeah I mean it's like we've just sort of like gone gone in waves at some point when the smite bubble pops whenever that is I don't know that I would keep playing it because I, I think the big draw for me is playing with friends. I, yeah, I totally get you. Hey, Gleep. all right. Well, there, I'm sorry. Uh, hey, Gleep. Remember that time you said we weren't sure if we'd have enough to talk about for this? I week? know, I know. <laughs> but well, before we go, got let three me. Three minutes left. So, okay. Well, then you be quiet. And let me talk. <laughs> um, oh, uh, hey, I just wanted... hey, 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 Gleep. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> There was a bar citizen. Yes, there was a bar citizen in Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City, yeah. And um, it was uh, inhabited. You inhabit a bar citizen? I suppose. You attend. Uh, It was this last weekend on Saturday the 3rd. And um, our our very own uh, Paladin Dietrich, uh, Doc Buckshot, and Kenway Daoki, the man we have to thank for our, um, our... uh, awesome logo. They were all there in attendance, along with uh, a baker's dozen or more others. And uh, Dietrich wrote me. Um, I asked him for a little write up on the event, and he uh, he sent to me that Saturday, June third, a bar citizen happened in Oklahoma City at BJ's. Um, we you have. I know Jimmy, you have a BJ's nope. down there, don't you? Nope. Oh, if we do, I've never been to it. I, I'm huh? familiar with the restaurant, but I've never yeah, seen one down here. That's good, good, decent food. Nice place for a group. Uh, Fifteen folks showed up. Thirteen men and two women from, and they were there from about four till eight p.m. Talking about anything and everything that brought smiles to faces. After some great food and a couple of beers, there were many smiles to be seen. I spent almost all my time at the event talking to the folks at my end of the table. That included those guys, with ships members, Doc Buckshot and Kenway Deoke. I got, oh, it got quite loud before the end. Uh, the fellow that traveled the furthest that I can recall was from Tulsa, some 100 plus miles away. See how cool that is for, you know, people who are willing to, to do that, to travel oh, yeah. like that. To, to. And because of the distances to travel, it was left to us, TGWS members, to stay the longest as we were the local boys. But before we had to leave, uh, we took a few pictures to share the good times with more folks. Good times. 
hope to get some more. And yes, uh, the, and those, uh, if you go to the Twitters and check the um, uh, the hashtag uh, TGWS, uh, you will see some of those pictures, including one of uh, what I just love, of Dietrich sitting at the head of the table just, you know, just uh, holding court like a boss. Like nice. a boss. And we got a nice uh, a nice uh, tweet from uh, Tyler Whitkin too. So um, of CIG fame, uh, you know, pointing out that uh, folks are getting together and having fun, sharing their passion for Star Citizen. And speaking of passion for Star Citizen, we have a couple new members. Yay. Uh, Jonah, Jonah Hex joined us. Said more episodes, please. I need more Star Citizen talk to fulfill my new addiction. And then Rusty Jabberwocky joined us. He said, Hi, I play nice with others, have a generally sunny disposition, and have been listening to the podcast for a few weeks now. I've been looking for a casual org with casual folks. I'm not sure what I'll do in game yet. I tend to have trouble finding things to do in online games. I have a freelancer and Mustang Beta, so I guess I'll be exploring and moving things. Question mark. I guess I'm that friend with a pickup truck and a sailboat. Who knows? <laughs> but anyway, I mean, back to what we were discussing with uh, Galaxies and, and Star Wars, the similarities therein. I mean, I think it's going to be one of those games where you can just come and hang out with folks and have a yeah. good time that way. Yep. Yeah. You'll be able to uh, be a moisture uh, farmer in Star Citizen. Absolutely. And then, of course, Bob the Dinosaur. Bob, you still have too many friends. I'm don't, don't make this a thing, Bob. And by don't, I mean, please, please, please do make this a thing because I'm enjoying it. And this is, you see, you guys, I don't know if you heard the show or not, but um, this is how he spells his name in game here in the parentheses. I know, it's amazing. Ah, no, please. Yeah, oh. yeah. I had to have Mark explain to me what it I, I Yeah, I, that, was my, that was my favorite part of that episode. I was just listening to you struggle just horribly with this one. This is a, oh. great, this is a great one for Gleep to, to struggle That's right. through. So I tried to add him, and he has too many affiliates. So I'm just going to keep uh, mentioning Bob every week until he drops an affiliate. There you go. <laughs> Bob, drop an affiliate. Come hang out. Drop an affiliate now, Bob. Drop and give me an affiliate. All right. Well, please do go to Engine.com. They are the quick, easy, and free solution for hosting your community website. That's E-N-J-I-N.com. Be sure to check out Star Citizen The Base Radio at thebase.sc, where you can find rebroadcasts of our shows happening throughout the week. Go to INN and learn some things. You can find it at imperialnews.network. You can reach us, the podcast, by email. Comms at versecast.org is the address. On Twitter, we are at versecast. Be sure to use that hashtag, TGWS, to join our org. You still have to go to robertspaceindustries.com slash org slash versecast. Eventually, you'll be able to go to Spectrum to do that. That is robertspaceindustries.com slash spectrum slash community slash firstcast. On Steam, we are those guys with ships. And do be sure to check out our Star Citizen Gaming Community website. It is versecast.org. My piriformis is firm and painful. My name is Gleep, and all my contact information is in the show notes. Wow. Uh, um, I have so many really questions. Is. Yeah, yeah, Killing tons. Me. Uh, yeah, you can find uh, me uh, most chatty over at Twitty, Twitter, at Twitty, huh? At uh, Twitter. Leaves, <laughs> leaves, just like his sign off is just like got you all shaken up, doesn't it? Uh huh, yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. Um, at uh, at Jimmy Croker, um, Quantum Drive is uh, on uh, hiatus right now, but uh, the show is rebroadcasting the last season. I'm about uh, halfway through, I think uh, we just did episode six, I'm rolling into episode seven. And, uh, yeah, I'll have um, two Star Wars Galaxies. I'll make sure to have some uh, links in the show notes for anybody that's interested in checking it out. Ace? Nice! So, I just went and Googled Piriformis. I'm... Mm-hmm. Gleep why. Um, in any case... Because it hurts! Uh, it hurts a lot! Well, yeah. my my deepest condolences for you. Um, my name is Ace Asmi. Uh, you can Still find hurts. all my information in the show notes. Um... Uh, I would say uh, good night, Gracie, but that seems to have that camp seems to have, have or camper or ship has seemed to have sailed. Mixing my metaphors here. Um, however, uh, so our episode this week is sponsored by the Three Creen. Uh, they wander the deserts and savannas of the world, avoiding all of the races. Uh, they are insect-like bugs. Uh, they're a medium humanoid, chaotic neutral. Um, they have uh, bites and claws. They have a chameleon carapace. Uh, they're pretty nasty creatures, but uh, generally isolationists and wanderers. So you know, if you if you find one, you're probably out there in the middle of nowhere. Don't pet that. Yeah, no, don't pet that. <laughs> don't that will, pet 
pet that. Likely it will take offense if you pet it. <laughs> so, <laughs> All right. three cream. T-H-R-I-K-R-E-E-N. There you go. There you go. You know that in your absence, Mark, uh, on the uh, on the every other show has uh, taken to dedicating uh, monsters of his own. Oh, what, what did he do last episode? Do you know? I, it's something he made up. I, as I, I got to make sure <laughs> as, that I don't. Yeah, uh, as I don't Mark want, does. I don't want to have an episode where I end up like, oh man, they did that one last episode. Bummer. You know, I, I, it started out as a displacer beast, but then it turned into something else. So I'm, I'm not sure, but it was entertaining. That's why we love him. Until next time, then, we are Those Guys with Ships, and this has been the Versecast. See you guys. Bye. You want to buy a disc?